I've learned two things. One is that your great friends are always there for you in the time of need. Your lifers are there in your time of need and they're your cheerleader. It's not always easy for people to be happy for success. Mm-hmm. And I've learned that. You know, you do have those friends that they they're they're just happy when things are going well and they're the first ones to say at a girl and cheer you on. Um so I I think what I have done very successfully over the past few years, not my whole life, and let me tell you, is understanding what's important for me in a relationship and and then what are my deal breakers. You know, because we are all flawed and no relationship is perfect, right? But there are certain things that I've come to recognize, okay, that is a deal breaker for me. And and being able to remove, you know, set those boundaries and remove that energy out of my life. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Lessa Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, be it babe. Welcome back to the be it till you see it podcast. Hello. How are you? I got a great, amazing guest for you and she is fire. She is salty. She is, um, a world of knowledge. Honestly, she's lived many, many lives and you'll hear her even say she's a cat. She's got nine lives. Um, And I love that because I do want to make sure you hear stories from different people whose lives are not linear and um, who have have failed at things and gotten back up and who've lived lives and who've had tough conversations. And so this week's guest is really going to zero in on some of those things about failure and about conversations and relationships and boundaries. And um, I'm really excited for you to hear it. She is also one of the amazing two host of the she's a 10 times five podcast. And I really love, I love their podcast. Um, I find their guests really fun to listen to. And so I hope that this just gives you a little taste of who they are and what they're up to. And, you know, take a listen, take some notes, listen to her be it action at the end. It's one of my favorites. And it's actually, I'd recently heard a very similar, uh, way that of that being spoken. And I think it's true. I think it's so true. And I'm not going to tell you what it is until you listen to the end. And I'd love to hear from you afterwards. I'd love to hear from you about the fear um, that you might be facing. So I know that's scary. Um, It's something that we did at our Pilates business retreat. We made everyone tell each person in the group what they're afraid of, but I won't blast it. We don't have to share it on the, on the socials, but I'm just telling you, if you actually acknowledge what you're afraid of and you say it out loud, it takes a lot of the power away. It really, really does. And so With that being said, I want to get into this amazing interview with Lori because she is just a delight and she is a woman to who you would probably want to be one of your best friends. And uh, depending on who you are and where you live, that might be impossible. Uh, So take a listen and then let us know how you are using her advice, her tips, her beat action items on your life. Tag, she's a 10 times five, tag the beat pod and let us know. And here's Lori. Hey, Beat listeners, I am here to talk to you about Foster Care Awareness Month. It is this May, and you may have remembered our guest, Barely Canadian, several episodes back. 
and their mission to help educate people around foster care in their area and also help support foster care charities. They also have a fosterpreneur program that they're starting this summer at UCLA. And so if you are wanting to support those in foster care, check out Barely Canadian, check out the two charities that they already support and also get yourself some awesome summer sweaters and know that they are donating part of every single profit goes towards these charities to help support foster care youth. So take a look. It's May. It's Foster Care Awareness Month. And we hope that you are able to get yourself a summer sweater and support those in foster care at the same time. All right, be it listeners, I have... I mean, she really is the one and only Lori Jabbar here, and she is one half of a hot podcast couplet. Um, She's a 10 times five. We met because of being in the same magazine together, which is just so fun how things work out. There's um, divine appointments for all of us. And she has an incredible story. I got to listen to all of it on one of the episodes they had over at She's a 10 times five. And I just... It's, it's inspirational and um, it just shows that like life is not linear. So Lori, thanks for being here. Um, tell everyone who you are and what you're doing when you're, you know, when you're in your home in San Diego, living life. Living life. Yeah. Well, I was just saying that, you know, I just got back from Texas visiting my son at Texas Christian for mom's weekend. So it's good to be home, but I'm, you know, I'm in a recovery mode. No doubt about it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't keep up with those young men. Um, so I, yes, I live down in San Diego and I am part of a duo called she's a 10 times five and it's a podcast, but more than that, um, it has been an amazing platform to really support women and meet new women. And just like you said, serendipitously, we're in the same magazine, which is a fabulous magazine. I just love it's everything about sisterhood. I got to meet you. I know. And here we are. We're going to chop it up today. We are. We are. Um, uh, everyone, it's Ask Us Beauty. We'll put the link in the show notes. But um, I got a bunch of issues of it because, of course, I have to frame the article. And then I wanted just to have it out so people go, oh, wait, that's you. And it's like, yes, that's me. <laughs> yeah, that was a great issue. They, they had some really great interviews in that magazine. And I'm not a magazine person, but I, I read it cover to cover just because of the stories. They were so great. They're so great. So, okay, you're a podcaster now, um, but is... Like, how did that become a thing? How did you go? I'm going to do a podcast. Um, how, like, what were you doing before that that made that even a thing in your ideas? Well, I turned 50 in 2019, August 30th. I'm a Virgo. If you listen, you'll know. Um, I, so I, I wasn't a great birthday for me. For some reason, I absolutely dreaded the idea of becoming half a century old. There you have it, right? There's so, no other uh, way to describe it. <laughs> no. And everyone thought I was going to have this fantastical, phenomenal 50th birthday party because we do throw good parties at our house. We're that, we're that family. And I just was like, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And uh, instead, I pivoted and did 50 random acts of kindness, which was amazing. If you ever have a chance to do that, it's it, it'll warm your heart and it does have a halo effect. And I started a group called the Fireside Chatters. And it was a group of ladies that we have raised our kids together. We have stood shoulder to shoulder. We lock arms. We can tell secrets. We're all a vault. And I said, you know what? I'm going to start this group chat. And it's going to be called the Fireside Chatters. So the idea is that what would we really be talking about with a glass of wine in our hand, sitting next to a fireplace, 
or a fire pit. And it wouldn't be the bullshit that you see on social media. It would be, you know, my husband's an asshole today. Uh, I'm worried about my kids. One's going sideways, the other ones. So we started this group and then flash forward to 2020, the pandemic hit. And this group chat went into friggin' overdrive. I mean, we were on that thing 20 times a day, lifting each other up, uh, laughing. Someone would say, I'm having a hard day, which would prompt a call from someone. It really became like this virtual... Was this not like on a text chain? Was it like in a WhatsApp group? Like, when did you just like, just, I did just like, you're all 50. So you used regular text messages. Regular text messages. <laughs> so yes, we're old. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it became this virtual oasis of sisterhood. And we, it was such a blessing. And two months into the pandemic, I was on a walk. Well, what's really funny is it was called the Fireside Chatters and then evolved into the Salty Fireside Chatters and then the Salty Manic Fireside Chatters. And then we just became the Salties. And everyone would talk about the Salty group. It was just, it was okay. hilarious. So so it's at the top of the texting, just because, you know, just kept changing the name on the top of the text. Yep. I love this. I love it. I also do think the Salties is like a really great name for any group. I feel like you guys should be a band. <laughs> Well, that's, that's in the works. I'm kidding. Uh, If you've heard me sing, which I sing a lot, I'm a songbird. You don't want me to start a band. But uh, so I was on a walk with one of the salties and I'm like, when we get out of this shit, you know, we got to do something with our lives. This is the new front nine, not the back nine. You know, if nothing else that we learned from this whole quarantine and pandemic is that we got to, we got to live. And so She's like, you know what? She goes, you need to do something with this whole thing. And she encouraged me to do a podcast. And so that's what I did. I and here we are. It. I here love we- it. Thanks for taking us on that journey. I I, I think um, we've had a couple other guests, um, women groups, and they talked about like the importance of a sisterhood. I think like no matter how evolved technology gets or we think we get as human beings, um, that entire like, we used to be in tribes of women spending time together, taking care of each other. There was like women whose jobs were to take care of the women who were having their cycle. And there was women whose jobs were to take care of the babies so that the mom could, like there was all these things that we did to support each other. And now we just put each other in our own houses with our own things. And we're like, you should be able to handle that. No problem. Just like do it up. So I love that you recreated that. And then it uh, it really led you to doing this podcast and you do it with um, a lovely co-partner. Yes, Lisa Coyne. And we, it's what's really great is our two youngest, our seniors in high school, and they're, she has three girls. I have two boys and our youngest, they're, they're best of friends. In fact, we're, we're getting, we're going to have them on our podcast just to talk about this empty nester thing. And then her two older girls are at Texas Christian. Oh, where your son is. Yeah. So we have this, yeah, we have all these things and, and we have a really good time. And I think, you know, when you do a podcast with with another guest or another host, I think you really have to find the yin to your yang. So, and and we've done that. You know, I'm the spicy <laughs> meatball, and she's the warm voice of reason. So it's it's been a blast. I think that's true for anything. I think, um, I mean, you have many businesses, so we could probably talk about that too. But like, because I work with my husband, people are like, "Oh my gosh, like what? Like what do you think that? How does that? How do you do that?" And I, well, we're very different. <laughs> Like, like we, and it's, that can be very challenging because like it's, you want it to be done the way that you want to be done, but also they challenge you to get out of your comfort zone or to either lift, you know, tone it down or lift it up or, or clarify in a different way. I think it could be really good. 
So I, I, I can't huh. believe you guys have all those things in common. It's like, are you neighbors too? Like, <laughs> We love a stone's throw, yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that about your husband because I was married to exactly the kind of guy you would think I would be married to. And we were college sweethearts and we got married right out of the West Point, you know, the military academy. And I was stationed in one place in Germany and he was stationed in another place. But we were so much alike that I think we just collectively agreed we make great friends. But, you know, the marriage just, you know, and, and then I end up marrying someone that is completely my opposite and it works. It just works. So let's talk about that. Cause you, you just mentioned it. you went to West Point and, um, I think a lot of people listening here might have heard of it, but might not know what it means. Um, can you talk about like, is that something you always wanted to do? Was that like on your like list as a high schooler? I want to go to West Point for college. Or was that just something that you thought you could do? What, what, what was no, the, no fucking way did I have that in my plan? I was a class clown. I was the free spirit. And, um, and so basically how that evolved was I was a recruited athlete. I really, really wanted to go to Stanford. I was getting my sophomore year was my, it was my year. And, uh, I went through some personal stuff, but, uh, I, that was my year that I really got on the radar with track and field and cross country. And, I got injured. And so if coming back off a stress fracture, I just kind of was never the same runner. So the Stanford ticket was not going to be uh, an option for me. So I went to plan B and I met these guys and they said, you should go to West Point. And I had no idea what it was. I saw a video and I go, well, that's really cool. And oh, by the way, it's free. And literally no, none of my family were military. Um, so it was really kind of out of left field that I did that. Uh, but it was kind of an, it was God's plan for me to go. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it's kind of, that's, um, that's how, you know, that there's like something out there that's like kind of planning it out for us because how would those people have like entered your lives? You know, if you'd have no one else in your family who's like, you should be doing this, or this is what we do, or here's an idea, you know, the, like those, um, random meetings that are actually so perfect. You know, um, I was a cross country and height and track runner, not as good stand. No one in California was looking at me. Um, I retired my senior year. I was like, you know, since I'm not going to get a scholarship, I think I'm going <laughs> to take a break from all of this running thing. And I ended up picking it back up, um, in my twenties. And because of Pilates, I ended up with so few injuries. I have none, no problems from running at all, but I won the Los Angeles city half marathon. And I thought, oh my gosh, maybe this is, maybe now I'm peaking. Maybe this is the time I should get back into go. professional running. And then, um, and then I actually got really happy and I really liked my life and my time started getting slower and slower and slower. And I was like, no, I think I was just really unhappy then. I think I was just running off stress angry. and anger. Yeah. yeah, you were. So well, what, a, what, a, what, a, so let's talk So after West Point, like, what did you do? Because you're, so you had 50, you're over 50 now, which, um, I mean, who counts the two years of the pandemic? So you're 50, <laughs> but you know, you've had this whole life and, and, and you've had two marriages and you have these amazing kids and you've got this podcast and what is it that you, um, really saw? Like, is any of it planned out or was it all kind of like, I'm interested in this now and now I'm doing this. Like what, how did you, how did you take yourself from West Point to where you are today? Well, first of all, I was one of the first female graduating classes. So it, it was no easy trek. And especially with my personality type. Uh, so getting through the gauntlet of the military academy, the rigor, the academics, all of it, it kind of gave me a, like a little bit of a, a steel exterior. 
Like I can take on anything, you know, throw it at me, babe. And so when I got out of the military, I decided to do something totally foreign and very opposing to the training I got, which was high tech. Because, you know, that was, the you know, so I moved to the Bay Area. I started working in the consulting realm and I'm working with all of these emerging rad free thinking people and companies and there were no rules. And so you take me out of the constructs of the military academy and then being a captain in the military, right? Where I have people in charge. And now I'm in like the wild west of the high tech world. So long winded way to answer your question is I think that I have been very opportunistic. Mm -hmm. So I don't think that there's ever been really a plan. I see something and a lot of times just take a leap of faith based on I'll, I'll figure it out. I can do it. And um, I do think it's really important. And I tell this to my kids all the time. You have to love what you do. You know, we, we, get, we get on this pathway of, of what is success. And some people define it financially and some people, you know, define it through their egos or whatever. But if you're not doing something that you're happy about, I, I just don't think you find success. Yeah. I think it's, I think you chase you chase something that you, you, you're never going to be able to grab hold of that tail. So that's kind of what I did. I've, I've always led my life with my heart. And if I see something I feel passionate about, I, I tend to want to leap 100% in. Yeah. So um, I couldn't agree more. I love that, that kind of definition of success because then you can have multiple successes in your life. But the leaping part, I get. I love to leap. I actually find it. It's like exhilarating, scary, freeing um, all at the same time. I think that's where people get stuck. What do you tell yourself before you leap? Like, is there, a, is there a thing you tell yourself? Is it because of like that you could take this class clown and put her in West Point and she can become a captain? Like, is it because of that experience or is there something you say to yourself before you leap? Well, you know, my husband says it um, and then I try to say it because I, I said earlier, I'm a Virgo. So I, I am a little bit OCD. Um, so I'm not completely ready, fire, aim, <laughs> but what's the worst that can happen? And you have to weigh those, you have to weigh it. What, what is the worst that can happen? Am I going to hurt someone? Am I going to lose my livelihood? Uh, am I going to be embarrassed? And so if it's, if it nets down to just, you know, I'm being afraid of failure, I just say, fuck it, you know, because failures, failures, one of the best things that you can go through because Nine times out of 10, you fail at something, you hit that brick wall and whatever, you find out who your people are because they're there to dust you off and, and pick you up. And two, you know, normally you find like, okay, um, that, that didn't work out, but there's, there's a secondary plan B and pathway for me. And so I, I'm all about like a couple failures under your belt. And I think it's a great thing. I couldn't agree. I, um, as a recovering perfectionist, what I have discovered is like every time I fail, like the recovering, better I let's be honest recovering. Come on. Yeah. Recovering. Yeah. You got a long way to go in your recovery. You yeah. are a perfectionist and I love it. No, well, when you're, that's, I think it's that like you'll always, I'm always going to be a recovering perfectionist because like, I think to actually be recovered might be my perfectionist going, see, we did it. <laughs> um, but recovering perfectionist, recovering overachiever. Um, I have, of course, failure sting and they get a little frustrating, but there is something really unique about, especially if you work for yourself, being able to go, okay, what didn't we do there? What can we learn here? How do we try? How do we try again? And if you work for a company, I mean, hopefully there's a team that does that. They, you know, usually do that. But I find that like, once you get a few failures, as you mentioned, they, they sting less and they become a little bit more welcome. There's like a little bit more of like, oh, okay, I'm going to learn something for this. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to have to collaborate differently. 
definitely keeps things spicy because you're not doing the same thing all the time if you're failing a little bit here and there. Yeah, I know. I tell my kids because, you know, they only hear about the successes. And I try to remind them, God, I've got a whole world of mistakes and things. You know, we're all human. And, um, you know, but, you know, they're living in an age and I think, you know, we're all living in an age where everything is out there for consumption by and large. And we tend to only share the highlight reels. So we don't really get to relate to the side of failure that is so very important. Um, so that's a, th- you know, it's a shame. I, I think that we have to present this image that we always are on and, you know, everything's okay and our relationships are perfect and it's all a bunch of horseshit, you know? Yeah. Well, it is. And it's, and it's true because um, if you were to put out all the thoughts that happened during the day, <laughs> a lot of people would be like, wow, she's just like me. And other people would be like, knew it, spotted it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's, and it is, so it is hard to feel safe that you can do that. I find like what I like about podcasting that's different than social media is that you can have those honest conversations and you can also share the highlights. You can also have the bio and you can also have the things and you can be a whole person and it, and it is easier to have it in a context that like makes it all make sense as opposed to like this morning, I really didn't like today. I didn't like the day at all. I was like, why am I up? What is happening? <laughs> but by the end yeah. of the day, you know, so I think it's really, um, I think it's important. I think that for those of you who have kids, like sharing that with them is also very important, but also I think just reminding ourselves that it's not about that. How do you and, and Lisa do that? Is it because um, you have kids you're able to remind yourselves constantly or is it is it some like some sort of practice that you do that like not everything is the highlights you're seeing? Well, I think by bringing on really great guests that want to tell their story, I think gives us a sense of community and confidence that, okay, we're all a little bit messy. That is something I didn't anticipate. One is that I think women our age um, and our generation, you know, I think we were, we kept secrets close to the chest. We were told, oh, we don't talk about those things. And now I think we're at a point in our lives where we recognize um, missed opportunities. And so we're more apt to share our story and put it out there and support one another through that. So I think, you know, having these vulnerable discussions, I think has inspired us to also go in that direction and feel confident with doing it as well. Yeah. And also like going back to what you and your husband say is like, what, what's the worst that could happen if you share the story? Like, like your kids disown you. No, I mean, it sounds like it's cheaper if they do that, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, thank you. After this weekend, yes. You know what? That is a, that is a valid point because I, I do think one of the things too, as, as women, um, with if you have kids, I think that definitely weighs into our lens as well because I think we do have this innate mama bear pressure to, you know, not embarrass them or, you know, you don't want their judgment and you want them to be proud of you. And, you know, there's going to be some things that, you know, in, in this podcast is one of them. I think it took my youngest a really long time to get his arms around it. He's like, what are you doing? Well, why are you talking about those things? And now it's like, he's like, okay, this is cool. You know? So, but yeah. I do think that that's a roadblock for a lot of women is like, yeah. I think you're right. I want to like, like, as I think about people being it till they see it as like women taking a hold of whatever they want to be or acting like the person they want to be, I do, I think whether you have kids or just people in your family, like I do think that the opinion of others holds us back on, um, 
on, on showing up the way we want to show up because, well, what if our kids are going to say, what are our parents going to say? Like what are our family's going to say? Was that a conversation you had to have with your kids? Like I'm doing this anyways, and it's probably going to embarrass you. <laughs> um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, my oldest was at, he's at off at college, but my youngest, you know, cause the studio 50 is actually at my house. And so you know, we had discussions and whatnot. And we've had some pretty provocative topics. And I will tell them, I'm like, this is one you don't want to listen to. Like, don't even listen to the video soundbite because it's going to, you know. Did they listen to the Cougar episode? <laughs> God, I hope not. Um, no, we released one today, which uh, which is about non-monogamous relationships. And that's another one I'm, I'm, I, I kind of hope they stay clear of. Um, <laughs> but... Um, but you know, yeah. I so I um I think I think it was when we got the support of our friends too to do something. You know that that was another meaningful way. And I think if you surround yourself, I always say the the air you breathe in is the air you breathe out. And if you're bringing you know positive you know vibrations and relationships to the table with you, then it just makes everything more easy. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it. it the, we have to, no matter what our age is, we have to be watching the people we surround ourselves with because it is true. Like their thoughts on things, their drive on things, their worry, it all becomes something that's part of you and, and your orbit and your opinion of what you can do and what's possible. And it's it's interesting. I find um, easy for me. I moved out of high school. I moved right after high school and then I moved after college. And so like I've always, I've, I've spent a life of creating friendships that fulfill my life. And if I, if the place I lived is no longer fulfilling, I move and some people come with me and some people don't, but I do find a lot of people have a hard time letting go of certain family members, obviously it's family and friendships that have been around for a long time. Was that, is that something you had to learn how to let go of? Is that something you just like kind of figured out a way to like, what do you show there versus what you show other people? Like, what is, what is your method to making sure you can show up fully? That is such a great question that actually I had a discussion with um, another mom this weekend. I think that um, I've learned two things. One is that your great friends are always there for you in the time of need. Your lifers are there in your time of need and they're your cheerleader. It's not always easy for people to be happy for success. Mm. And I've learned that. You know, you do have those friends that they they're they're just happy when things are going well and they're the first ones to say at a girl and cheer you on um so i i think what i have done very successfully over the past few years not my whole life and let me tell you is understanding what's important for me in a relationship and and then what are my deal breakers you know because we are all flawed and no relationship is perfect, right? But there are certain things that I've come to recognize, okay, that is a deal breaker for me. And, and being able to remove, you know, set those boundaries and remove that energy out of my life. And it's not an easy thing to do, especially if it's been a longstanding relationship. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, like, you know, you, you have to be honest. And I think that's what I've been um, over the past few years um, I think when I've had things go maybe sideways or experiences not gone well in a relationship, it's probably because I'm not honest with myself or that individual, whether it's a family member or a friend where, you know, you kind of stuff your feelings down, you don't confront things. And what I've really tried to 
do and also encourage my friends to do is, okay, we, be honest about it. If this is bugging you, let's like talk about it. Let's chop it up. Let's figure it out. And, um, and when you do that and you don't stuff it down, because it tends to come out in passive aggressive ways, right? If you do that. And so, um, yeah, so being honest is for me is a number one. Yeah. And I think that requires like being honest with yourself. So I love that you talked about like getting to know like what matters to you and what your deal breakers are, because then it, it might be difficult to be honest with someone else if you're like unsure of why this is bothering you. So I do think some self-exploration and understanding and, and having those tough conversations, I think, you know, I think it's Tim Ferriss. We've talked about this before on the podcast, but like, you know, your success is like correlated to the amount of tough conversations you'll have. And I don't think it's just success in business. I think it's success in life. Like if you're really wanting to have deep, meaningful relationships, there's going to be like actual conversations you have to have or share with someone to have that kind of closeness and have, and make sure that they're on the same page as you when it comes to some things, because they might not even know that they're hurting your feelings because they didn't know that that was a deal breaker for you. Yeah. You know, it's, I'm a salesperson, biz biz dev sales um, through and through. And I always tell people the best salespeople listen, you know what I'm saying? Like they, they, we all assume that they're, they're the talkers, the Jerry Maguire's that work the room. And there is a little bit of that, but when you listen and when you listen in relationships and you're an active listener, I think that um, it's a very, very powerful asset uh, to have. So, you know, I really try to listen to my friends and my family and take the step back and absorb and, you know, um, there's been so it's, we've been in such a crazy time in the world where I think we're so half cocked and we judge and, you know, but if you sit back and try to listen and then understand, you're going to have far more powerful and positive relationships with people. Yeah. I think that's a, that is, um, that is something we need to do always in life. And I don't know that we're taught how to listen a lot when we're younger, like you're listening in school all day. <laughs> but yeah. you're not, you're not really like taught to listen. And then you come home from school and like, you tell people like, this is what my day was like. And so there's just not a lot of that. And I, I think you're, it's not just in sales, but you can really hear what's going on with a friend. If you actually just listen to her, say the day, say what hers going yeah. on her day, because you'll start to, you'll, the thing that she just like kind of over, she's mentioned it, but she blipped right over it. That's the thing. She's just like dabbling it out there to see if you are going to catch on and talk about it. And she might not even know yeah. she's doing it consciously, you know? So um, yeah, you know, sometimes it's just a matter of um, you you get a vibe. If you pay attention, you get a vibe and and asking the question, is everything, talk to me. Is there something you want to talk about? You want to, you know, I, I, I tend to do that a lot. And, um, and I'm a sponge for emotions, so I have to be careful, right? You know, the only, the other thing I wanted to, to say is that, um, you know, we're kind of circling around this confrontation mm-hmm. topic, right? So you listen and you be honest with yourself and others. And that means confrontation at times. And confrontation is not always a bad thing. Yeah. You know, confronting the way you feel, confronting a situation with that transparency, you just got to know whether or not the confrontation has, you, you got to go in with it. There's a reason why you're doing it. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's, it's not even worth confronting. You know, right. that's the other thing is like, you know, that's not a deal breaker or that's not like, I'm not even going to confront. Yes. She bugged me, you know, because she had too many cocktails or whatever, but that's not a deal breaker for me, you know? Right. right. So I'm not even going to confront it because that's just who she is. And then, yeah. So. Yeah. I think you're, I think I love that you brought up. It's not confrontation is always a bad thing. And also like, you got to know what you want out of it because otherwise you could just be 
practicing confrontation for the sake of it. <laughs> and you know, that doesn't always solve any problems or make you feel better. You know, um, I was thinking as you talk about these conversations and these questions that you ask people, is it, this is going to sound obviously this is a perfectionist to me, but it's really for the listener. So you said the question, um, is everything all right? Are there other questions that people who are like, I want to be a better listener. I want to, I want to help like listen to my friends more. Are there other questions that you ask that kind of fall in that line that they could just put in their little notepad so they can practice being better listeners? Well, I was trying to get someone to call me back and she just was big leaking me and blowing me off. This is a friend of mine. And so I left her a voicemail and I said, I said, listen, I said, I'm in jail and I need someone to bail me out and I'm in your zip code. I really need you to call me. And I did my best acting. Like I was Sally Field, okay? I, like it was Oscar worthy performance on the voicemail. And uh, no, I'm kidding. Um <laughs> You know, I, I think you. It just it depends on what relationship. I think you just asking the questions um, and and being in tune with tone and you know you can't do that over text or email. And I like literally, I'm one of those people. I'm so old school. Where let's just get on the fucking phone. Like I can't. <laughs> I don't know where this is coming from. And so I think that yeah, you know, taking that time and you know we we're all so busy and you know we're on the little we're on the hamster wheel all the time. But sometimes we just have to stop and pick up the phone and have the conversation or invite someone, you know, out to a, a coffee or a walk or whatever. Yeah, I like that. I like just even inviting them on to part of something you're already doing so that you can have that talk. And we are also busy, but we're all always so busy. And we were busy during a pandemic when we're supposed to be sitting at home. Like somehow we were still busy there. So I think like the, you know, anything I've learned about the last two years is it's like you make time for what matters. And mm -hmm. if you don't, then it it, it didn't really matter to you. And if it really does, then you have some self-exploration to do because I couldn't believe how busy I got sitting still. <laughs> you know, I was like, I used to get more done when I traveled on a plane every week than I am right now. So, yeah. So, um, Lori, you are incredible and you're, you've lived some incredible lives and some amazing things. Is there I'm some cat. you are, <laughs> I've got nine lives. Um, are you, is there something that you are focusing on right now? Like, is there, what is like the next step that you're trying to be it till you see it? Like, what are you acting? Not even having to act as if it's not faking it, but like, what is it that you're working on right now? Is it with Lisa and the podcast? Is it something else that you're trying to do? Is it, there something you're exploring and learning so you can do that thing? You just teed me up for something fantastical. Thank you for that. So I was you know, we talked about being a college, you know, recruited runner. And I'd gone through the death of, of my mom and my, my family just kind of was circling the drain a little bit. So the financial components to my college decision was at the top of the list. I like to joke and say I went to West Point because it was 10 to 1 male female ratio and I like to blow shit up. But the fact is I went because it was free. With that being said, there is this thing called Title IX. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I was blown away to find out that this is the 50th anniversary of Title IX. It's been around 50 friggin' years. Whoa. And I found that out because um, Billie Jean King, who has always been the woman from the, you know, way oh, back yeah. when that has carried the flag, charged the hill for all of us other women. And, you know, so... What we're doing is we are partnering. Um, she's a 10 and I put together, I call them the dream team, a bunch of ladies that really believe in the importance of Title IX and 
the financial, um, educational, and sports um, that it supports. So we are launching on the last day of Women's History Month. Okay, this is our pay it forward. March 31st, we are going to um, announce a campaign, a viral campaign. She's at 10 times five supports 50 years of Title IX. And the campaign is called Don't Drop the Ball on Title IX. And it's going to be fun and it's going to be building awareness. And we get to partner with amazing organizations and, you know, this is so fun. Are you guys, I I know you're not doing like the reels and stuff, but I feel like each person could be like throwing a ball. That's exactly what's going to happen. Oh, I love. I love. So, so the viral campaign is literally catching a ball of your choice saying, don't drop the ball on Title IX and passing it to to someone and challenging them. And the idea really is to build awareness um, for the Billie Jean King organization and the Women's Sports Foundation and Title IX because a lot of people don't really even know that it exists. If yeah. You have a, yeah. Or, they, if you have or daughter, they have misconceptions about like what it does or what it's done. And, and I think like if you, if you have a daughter, then you are aware of Title IX. <laughs> Yeah. Or if you were an athlete, you know, or if you're just in tune with stuff, but I was at the pickleball court and I was telling everyone, I'm like, I'm going to do this challenge and I'm going to build awareness because, you know, this is important. And, you know, we need to be giving light to some of these things and, you know, having people lean in and they're like, what the hell are you talking about? And I said, title nine, God damn it. It's 50 years. And not one of the 10 women knew what title nine was. So hopefully this will inspire people to, you know, learn about it, you know, and support it. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I, um, you know, I think especially women in sports, it's really powerful to see, I mean, watching women's soccer team fight for their rights to get paid. And, um, uh, my father and I go to the WNBA here in Vegas. I love it. It's so much fun. And I just think that like, there's so much more we can do to grow because if women's sports were getting half the attention that men's sports did in marketing, we we would be having different conversations that people would know what this title line is and there there'd be a lot more. And and the truth is they get such a small, small, small percentage of the marketing and they have some of the most amazing athletes on those female teams, both professionally and collegially. So I think it's really cool. I wanna I wanna hear more about it and um and we'll we'll have to make sure that our podcast um shares what you're posting on our on our feed as well. Oh that's not even an option. I will be stalking you. <laughs> Okay. I'm good. I'm so I'm so happy about that. Oh my God. Well, that's so fun. I love it. So thank you for sharing that because what I love about it so much is it's like a thing that you are doing for a purpose for a time period. And I do think sometimes we think that whatever we have to do has to be this lifelong thing. It has to become something really huge and really big. And it can be something you're doing for a set period of time to really um, spread the word about something you're passionate about. And so I think that's really cool. Yeah. And using the platform to do it, you know, we've got, you know, a a very vibrant, you know, guest that we've, and this is right in the wheelhouse of women supporting women. So it's kind of in line with our brand. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if we can use our brand to do, you know, share good, you know, let's do it. Right. Well, and I think the more, the more people who see people doing that and it gets ideas, we get ideas, right? So then that can like spawn the next thing and then more people can be doing it. And so the next year there could be for the 51st anniversary, there could be even more, but hopefully it just, we have a whole year to celebrate that 50th. And so maybe this could be the first of many things that um, is done to bring attention to that. And I do think like, you know, when you have a brand, um, 
there are things that can be passionate about as a brand and using and using those passions and using your brand to bring attention to it is something we all can do. Yeah. Well, you know, it's kind of you know, Women's History Month. It's kind of a shame, you know, it's it's a month of observance, but it's really nebulous. Like, what is it? You know, we all posted on Women's International Day because, you know, but then on to the next. Right. And I think our message is, you know, this Title IX affects women, mostly high school and, and college every single day. So let's keep the month of women's history. Let's keep it rolling yeah. and, and spread the love. You know, Lisa has three girls and she's got a division one athlete. I have two boys. And what's important for me is that I set the right example um, because they need to see that um, supporting women is, is an important thing. And sometimes I think men get in their own little heads and, you know, so yeah. it's also setting an example for our kids that, hey, we're going to pay it forward for the people coming up the pike. Yeah, I love that. I think that's amazing. You are amazing. Well, we're going to take a quick break and then come back and hear your Be It Action items and where people can find you, follow you and the podcast. All right, loves, I want you to be listening in. If you are a teacher or a studio owner, I want you at my house. I mean, I've heard that we had an incredible business retreat here in Las Vegas in March and it was beyond incredible. And the wins I've been hearing out of our retreaters since they left, it's only been a month, is out of this world, insane, so amazing. And so if you are feeling like you're in monotony mode, that you are stuck, that you're just continuing to be in this hamster wheel and nothing is actually going, or you actually don't even know where to go next, I want you here, okay? I want you in the community. I want you in the container. I want to hug you and also help you with your business. And Brad's here. We've got Monica from Girl Squad and her whole team here to do photos and some amazing adventures in between. So do not wait. You will definitely want to be at our fall retreat. It's October 5th, the 9th. We're already one third sold out at the time that I'm recording this. So come on, join us at ProfitablePilates.com slash retreat. ProfitablePilates.com slash retreat. We'll see you in Las Vegas. Okay, Lori, so where do y'all hang out on the socials? Is it the gram? Are you on TikTok? Where do where do people get to stalk you? We are on the gram and it's at she's a one zero times T-I-M-E-S five at she's a 10 times five. That's where most of us, you know, go. And then we're on all of the platforms, Apple, Spotify, et cetera, for the podcast. Yeah. Your podcast is so fun to listen to. You have such a variety of guests and I learned so much. Um, I really, I really enjoy it. Sometimes I'm like, like the one that you talked about that dropped today, like the non-monogamous. Non say that fast. Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> ba -ba -da -da -da. Phenomenon. Um, so <laughs> my brain is like, how do I say this word? Um, how, like, I would never have wanted to necessarily learn about that. But on a walk, I might be like, hey, I would love to hear so less judgment towards people who find that to be an appealing part of their life. I am I am not that well, person. It is, but it is fascinating. I you, you have to listen to that one because I think I think anything that takes the social or moral constructs of of how you know and throws it on its head. It's always got my attention. Yeah. Well, and also you also had an episode with the Bitcoin guy. And I was like, oh, great. Yeah. You know what? Someone's going to talk about it in regular words that I can understand. Perfect. I'm very excited to learn about that. Did you buy your plot of land in the metaverse yet? I have really been stalling on that. I think I'm going to have to yeah. have... Plotty studio in the metaverse. I'm, I'm seeing it. I'm feeling it. I know. It. With I'm my favorite it, yeah. leggings. And then you can buy my lipsticks and all the things. I'm... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, NFT, baby. I know, I know, I know. Brad's like, we're making NFTs of you. I'm like, we are? <laughs> Why not? Why not? I, I'm like, I'm like, okay, just tell me where to smile. Where do I look? <laughs> 
Okay. All right. I ask everyone and you've had such amazing advice. I think there's already been some tips along the way, but we ask every guest what bold, executable, intrinsic or targeted steps can they take right now so they could be it till they see it. Let me ask you this. What does be it till you see it mean to you? To me, it is not waiting until you feel ready. It's not um, like a lot of people will wait. um, Well, when this happens, when I graduate, then I'll do this. When my kid's in high school, then I'll do this. When this happens. And instead, it's like acting like the person that you want to be when those things are happening right now. And then they'll happen sooner. Yeah, I love that. Um, And I think your example was you had the cup of coffee. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to, when I was single, I was like, well, how can I create space for a partner when I don't really, I can't actually physically create like two nights a week that I'm off that I could spend with this person I don't know. And so instead I just made coffee for two people, poured two cups and acted like I was pouring a cup for my partner. And now um, he pours his own coffee, but I still make it for him. (laughs) I love that. Yeah. So I think from my lens, I really think it's, being courageous and not being afraid to fail. We talked a lot about that, but somehow finding it within ourselves just to take the step forward. You know, when we're feeling stuck or if we're in a situation that is not fulfilling or is not, you know, making us as happy as we'd like to be, you know, uh, like Adele had a great thing. And I, I took away from when she did the Oprah interview, it wasn't that her marriage was bad. She just wasn't as happy as she wanted to be period, right? Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes we we settle. And my thing is take a step forward, even if it seems like the tiniest little step, take a step forward in the direction that um, that will get you to a place of more fulfillment. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's not being as scared. You know, a lot of times we're afraid of the dark, you know, the fail or, you know, the scary stuff. But really, I think a lot of people are afraid of the light Mm-hmm. because that's, you know, it's even scarier that, God, could I be this person? You know, you know, one of our guests, Barbara Majeski was just so great. She went through cancer. She had a dumpster fire of a divorce and she just had a zero Fox attitude where, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to be afraid of, 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 and she, her first gig was on the today show. I want to be on TV. I don't care what people say, you know? So she, you know, her first gig was, you know, go figure on the Today Show. And so um, don't be afraid of the light because I think great things can happen when you embrace it. Oh, I couldn't agree more. That is a beautiful be it action item. Thank you. Thank you, Lori, for being here. Give Lisa a big hug. And I can't wait to hear more. She's a 10 times five episodes. You're just, you're just a delight. And you, um, I love how you share so openly about your experiences and the lessons that you've learned, because I do think that we all learn from stories. And, um, and even if I could never imagine being at West Point, I definitely listening to your story about that and others, I learned so much from you. So I'm just so grateful to have you on our podcast so that our listeners can get to know you a little bit, learn from you. And if you want more of her, check her and Lisa out on She's a 10 times five until next time, be it till you see it. of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. 
Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day. Be It Till You See It is a production of As The Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast, and our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.